Welcome this morning. If you're here for the first time, I'm Pastor Ralph, and I'm married to the smart one in the group, Pastor Susie over here. And uh, she's given me the notes for the message. I'll try to read them as best I can. Just kidding, just kidding. All right. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 6? I'm excited today about this message. Um, there's some messages that are just birthed so deep. Um, it's, it's hard to explain as a pastor. Um, there's always different seasons as you're ministering, and God's dealing with your heart about different things. But this one is coming from deep, from the heart of the Holy Spirit, I feel like. I don't know how to put words to it, but there's something deep in this message. In Luke 6, this is kind of a spoiler alert verse, just to let you know. Verse 38 of Luke chapter 6. If you're there, would you look up at me so I know you found it? All right. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Say good measure. measure. Blessed beyond measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you we stand this morning as we ask the lord to bless this message and to prepare our hearts to hear um, a message that could change the trajectory of your life today heavenly father we thank you for your word it's rich we pray that every ear will hear a message from the holy spirit specifically designed just for them lord Bless them today. Bless our hearts. Bless our hearing. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said? Amen Amen and amen. Watch the countdown at three minutes. We'll start. All right. Bless you. Go greet somebody in the name of the Lord. All right. Well, bless you in the name of the Lord. Let's go ahead and work our way back towards our seats. We're getting ready to go um, uh, worldwide television programming, so we need to stay on schedule and practice that so that when we're ready for a commercial break, we'll hit it right on. The, I'm just kidding. All right, have I stalled around until you're ready to sit down? This message today, the word gripped my heart. As I was studying these scriptures, I kept um, wrestling over what to call it, and I ran across a Christian survey that asked the question, how generous are you in your life? And I, it just struck me. It just hit me so hard because I realized by its very definition, Christianity is generous. Because by his very definition, Jesus is generous. And his, our heavenly father is generous. The Lord is our shepherd. We have everything we have need of, the Bible says. What a generous spirit. Jesus didn't come to this earth to take. He didn't come to be served. He said, I came can you imagine the king of kings and lord of lords coming down, being born in a manger as a little baby in a stinky cow's stall? That's what a manger is. It sounds so romantic, but a manger is where cows eat and do other things. And he came to earth there at the lowest point of humanity. 
That's called generous when you give away everything for others. For humans, while we were yet an enemy of God, he gave his life for us. That's generous, right? For God so loved the world, he gave. So at the very heart of coming to Christ, you find there's a generosity first. We love him because he first loved us, by the way. Where usually when you come to Christ, you're overwhelmed. When the awareness of Jesus hits your life for the first time, one of the things you become aware of is unmerited love and favor and mercy and generosity. Just, and you, you don't know why he loves you so much. Why is he being so generous with me? I don't deserve it. There's this awareness of his huge generosity pouring into our lives. It's not that he first leads with, you need to be generous, then I'll give you something. It doesn't even come that way. Jesus doesn't even meet you that way. But the more you want to follow Jesus and the more you walk right behind him and get his dust on you as you follow him because you're following so close, you realize that generosity is just an outpouring and a byproduct of loving Jesus. And so when I heard this word generosity, I realized that as Jesus shares these scriptures, uh, many many believe uh, this is Matthew's version or this is Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. Beginning in verse 27, chapter 26, just turn there. I'm not going to read it yet. There's a generosity that, that he's pouring out during these portion of scriptures. And we're going to go through just Luke 27 through 31 today. Generosity. Chapter 6 of, see, I, I'm not reading your notes very well here. Sure, you Chapter 6, verse 27 is where we're going to begin. But have you ever noticed in life there's a normal generosity that's kind of expected? It's a normal generosity that when you go to the store, they expect you to wait in line for others. And uh, you have to pay for your groceries. That's just normal. And, And you probably should open the door for somebody who's got more groceries than you. And even people that aren't believers in the Lord have a... A normal generosity. And I think most people do as a rule. But what I want to talk about today is a Jesus generosity. One of the neat things about this message for me was that I really feel like in many ways I'm preaching to the choir. God has been so beautiful to us as a God to this church. God has been overly generous with us. Can you, can you say amen to that? And I think many of you feel like God's been generous with you. And as a result, this church is one of the most generous places I've ever been. Your generosity this year, as Tony said, he said, we're over budget. It's about $21,000 this year in in benevolence. That's just generous from you. Susie and I didn't pay for that. I mean, that came from all of us. And some of you gave specific to benevolence, but the church Leaders also want to give a certain percentage of our regular tithes and offerings as tithe back to the Lord. And, and we do that through benevolence, through outreach, through missionaries. And the Lord has just been blessing us. And as he has blessed us, we're blessing others, as the Bible says. And so when I talk about this, this isn't because as a pastor I lack and I don't have enough gas money because nobody's paying tithes and I've got a third job just to survive. God has been beautifully blessing Susie and I through you. 
and we're able to be full-time pastors because of your generosity, God's generosity. We're able to bring staff on to do things like we're seeing being done around here. And then it goes into the volunteers and leaders of this church that aren't necessarily on a payroll. Have you seen the generosity of the people that serve us here? Isn't it awesome, the greeters, the, the food that we get every morning? You know, People donate that food. A lot of people don't know that. That's a, just a generous offering from some people. And, and we don't thank them or make a big deal of it because we want the Lord to be their reward. And uh, we know he can reward better than we can by just giving somebody honor, you know, in that sense. But everything you see here is because people have been generous with their time and their resources. They put on a church camp that costs twice as much as they charge all the kids from all the churches that come. And this church supports that additional 50% of the cost. And, and they support almost all the labor for that camp. It, generous. Generous. And as we've given, God is giving back to us. So this message is about the Jesus generous that we see around us. But also, during this season, I felt like the Lord just wanted to begin to touch our hearts in an area. Well, I, I don't have an agenda. I just feel like the Lord wants me to share with you this morning. And let the Holy Spirit just deal with your heart. Beginning in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, anybody in here want to hear? If you're hearing this morning, he says to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. All right, now that's just Jesus generous. That is not human at all. There is nothing human about that. Love your friends, hate your enemies. That's the natural mode. That's normal generous. But Jesus generous is weird. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Paul says in Romans 12, you don't need to turn there. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everybody. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is the Lord's. I will repay, says God. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. But you can overcome evil by being good. Now, I'm not preaching this because I've arrived, just to let you know. And I don't want to say I have an excuse, I don't have to do this, but I'm just telling you guys about it. But I do want to tell you, this isn't coming from a place of phenomenal victory in Susie and I's life where we've been the perfect poster children for generosity. But we have learned some things through it. Early in our ministry, we made some mistakes, and, and when people would make us mad, we, we could get even. Anybody else relate to that? You, you can withhold love, you can withhold your affection, you can pout, you can do all kinds of things when you've been done dirty. But there was one point in our life where Susie and I learned an amazing lesson. We had a, a person in the church in Kellogg who worked on the staff with us that um, at one point left the church uh, 
What would be the term, Susie? I don't bitter, angry, just left. And we began to hear, one of the things about a small town that we lived in, we were, we were in Kellogg, Idaho, it's next to Coeur d'Alene, maybe 10,000 people in the whole valley, 2,000 people in the town of Kellogg. You're like living in a fishbowl when anybody knows who you are. And all of a sudden, we began to hear through the community that this couple began to really trash talk Susie and I. And only 10% of it was true. Maybe eight. I'm, I'm sure most of it wasn't true. And it really started to get us because we hadn't done that. And yet, there, you know, the Bible says your name is worth more than gold. A good name is worth more than gold. And you really have to have a good name in a community where you're a teacher, coach, principal, and a pastor in a church. Your, your name is really important. You, you should live as if you're representing Jesus Christ. So when your name is dragged through the mud, you're dragging Christianity, you're dragging Jesus through the mud. And it, it really began to infuriate us. And it was very, very hard to deal with. And yet the Lord began to just kind of put his loving pressure on us to not get even. Just don't fight back. That when someone smites you on the cheek, this literally is how you turn the other cheek. How many know that's Jesus generous and that's not normal generous? Amen. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Man, that sounds awesome. <laughs> How many have tried that? And you need the Holy Spirit to help you try it. You need to be on a very holy place in your life, you know. And, and it doesn't feel holy and it doesn't feel easy, but God asks us to begin to bless them. Pray for those who abuse you. We had another Pentecostal church in town. We'd worked very hard in the schools, and I'll tie all these together, but we had a, a church in town that was fighting for its own survival too, and we were working with the youth and pouring our life into it, and, they began to spread rumors about our church and steal our young people. Now, I don't know if you have any mama bear in you, but when they, people start stealing your babies, that's just wrong. And they, they were saying things that was very hard for us to undo with these young people because kids are young and immature in the Lord, and these were very young Christians, and we began to lose young people that we had given our lives for. And Susie, you were driving by that church one day, and what did the Lord tell you? He told Susie to bless him. And I said no. And Susie said no. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do what the Lord tells you. I mean, you really don't. He, you do have a free will. But something got in both of us that we began to bless that church. And what God told us was a strategy. Bless them with the love of Jesus, Father. Bless them with a Jesus generosity. Father, bless them with a compassion for the other churches in town. Bless them with your type of love, Jesus. We were able to bless them in all honesty in ways, and we tried not to do witchy prayers. You know what witchy prayers are, you know, where you pray over somebody to make them do what you want them to do. So we were trying to guard our hearts to say, 
These are prayers that every church would want people to pray for them. Do unto others, yeah, as you'd want others. And so we began to pray for them. We began to pray for this couple. And it felt like we'd been struck on the cheek. And we're having to turn the cheek. We're, we're, we can't fight back. And it's very frustrating when these things happen. I don't know why I tell you that. It's such an obvious, isn't it? There's times you just could fight back, but the Lord says, not my style. I want you to have a Jesus generosity for those who are attacking you. It's very unusual in our society to actually get physically hit. I would say I'm pretty safe in that. There's a lot of you in here that have been hit, but probably more of you haven't. What hurts worse is these attacks on your character, on your good name, these lies about who you are. I remember when David Roberts was our head coach, I, I got so mad at the things people were saying about our basketball program. It was so unfair. And David and I had to pray through on that so many times. This is what it's like to really get struck on the cheek. For one who takes away your cloak or your coat, do not withhold your shirt also. Give to everyone who asks from you. Now, I want to clarify this. For one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. I'm talking about your natural possessions. Susie is not my possession. She's the Lord's. So God's not talking about if somebody asks for my wife, give her to him. If someone says, hey, I've got a sweat factory in downtown Boise. I'd love to work your three-year-old or eight-year-old or 12-year-old in this factory, and I want your kid. Well, Jesus says that people ask. Um, this is when you're glad to say, my children aren't mine, they're Jesus's, and I'm their guardian, and I'm going to guard them from people that want to abuse my child. They, they aren't your possessions. So Jesus isn't talking about if someone asks for your kids or your wife or your husband. People aren't your possessions, so they can't ask you for it anyway. You'll, they'll have to go to God for them. So just so you don't get twisted, and the enemy says, oh, everything you've got to give if somebody asks for it. No, no, no. Only those things that you possess. Possessions. Possessions. Things. My shirt. I own this shirt. So be aware that the enemy would always want to take Scripture and twist it on you. Do unto others as you wish others, you know. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. And Susie and I began to pray for this couple, and it wasn't easy, and we didn't like it. And we realized that when they left the presence of the Lord in that sense, they left the protection of the church. For the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. So if you wander away from the church, you are separated from the herd at that point. There is a protection in the house of the Lord. Gates of hell can't prevail against the house of God. So when people wander out like that, as bad and mad as they leave, you've got to begin to pray mercy over their life. Because they are now at great risk because the enemy seeks as a roaring lion who he can devour. And God gave us that and we began to pray for mercy and grace and This couple had kids in our youth group that we grew to love and know. 
And they were getting older and more adults, so they were out doing their thing. And two years, I believe, was it, Susie? Two years after they left, their oldest boy got killed. Not because of punishment, not because we were praying vengeance, not because it was even a vengeful thing. It just happened. And lo and behold, they didn't have a church, and they asked Susie and I to run the service. And we brought them in, and we just were determined to love on them during that time. And we loved on their family, and they did the church funeral at our church service. And, of course, it was a terrible time for them. We were so glad we didn't ever try to get even with them. We were so glad at that point we'd prayed mercy and love upon them because their life, I would not want to trade places with them in a million years. And was it the next week, Susie? The next weeks they called and they wanted to meet with Susie and I. Now listen, I'm telling you this is one of our victories. We don't win everyone. And we haven't responded well every time. But this was one time when the Lord said, see what happens when you turn the other cheek, when you love. They met us and they, they were baffled. They said, why did you and Susie show us so much love? Now I don't remember what we answered other than God had put a love for them in our hearts. But it came with beginning to learn how to pray, learn how to bless, asking God to have mercy upon your enemies. These are not easy things to do. The Bible isn't really a good, it's a great book for helping you do what you want to do, but you know where it really excels is helping us do the things we don't want to do. Helping us do the right thing when we don't want to do the right thing. The Bible's awesome at helping us Love on one another. Putting us in a position. Now, the title of this series, Blessed Beyond Measure. Give, and it will be given to you. Not just your money, not just your clothing, but your time, your love, your mercy, your grace. Can you give generously in the area of forgiveness? Can you give generously in the area of praying over people that don't deserve your prayers? That's Jesus' generosity. It's very convicting, and it's not easy, but I'm telling you, it's a path to receiving and opening the door. You cannot, have you ever heard this phrase, you cannot give, outgive God? How many have heard that phrase? Would I just take a, you cannot outgive God? A lot of times people reference that with money, but I've got to tell you, you can't outgive love in God. You can't outgive your service to others. You can't outgive God when it comes to blessing people at every level, giving them grace and mercy and forgiveness. Jesus said, Oh, those that show mercy receive mercy. Anybody else need a generous supply of forgiveness from Jesus? Anybody else need a generous supply of mercy? unmerited favor, unmerited, you deserve death, but he gives you life. Anybody want that generous life-giving flow from Jesus? You want to receive a blessing beyond measure. Give, and it will be given to you. Maybe not right away, maybe two years later, maybe four years later. Amen. We had to keep praying for that church because they weren't showing generosity. And when you begin to close up your heart, you begin to close down the doors of a church. 
We must stay open and generous as a people of God so God can bless us without measure, beyond measure. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. Whether that's mercy or grace or love or forgiveness or finances or clothing or cars or what, 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 what. Your volunteerism in the church children's program. You have no idea how God's going to bless you for giving your life to little ones who can't give anything back to you. Those little three-year-olds may or may not remember you. Just look at Jesus and say, my reward's in you, Lord. Because it will be. I don't know how he'll do it. He's just awesome that way. He'll pour it into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Really, only the generous life can be blessed beyond measure. I know you that have walked with the Lord for any length of time know this to be true. This morning I knew I had a message that would begin to convict many in our house because no matter how generous you are, there's always an area of your life. So I want to give time for ministry today and I'd like Lori and Pastor Tony to come up. I've asked them to close out this service because it needs a special time of ministry in our hearts and lives because we're opening up our lives to become blessed beyond measure. Isn't that exciting? Bless you, Pastor Tony. You may be here today and you might agree with a lot of what's been said. You might even say, yeah, I'm actually maybe already you know, in, in agreement with a lot of this. But you might also be in a situation where though you might agree with this, there's something that might be stopping you. And if we're honest and, and if we, you know, we wake up every morning and we look in the mirror and we've got the option to actually be honest with ourselves, there may be areas in our lives where we haven't been generous and forgiving and loving those that are harder to love or even those that, dare we say, are unlovable. Perhaps there's a deep wound in your heart from the past, or perhaps there's even an offense in your heart even from the present that's stopping that very flow of love that you've received to be outpoured into others. And so before we even have a time of response, what, I, what we're going to do today is something a little bit different. And I'm going to ask for all of you to just take a couple of seconds here to close your eyes and bow your heads with me and to think very specifically about, you know, sometimes we read the Bible or sometimes we read a scripture and it can become very conceptualized. I'd like for you to make it personal. I'd like for you, when, when, when you hear this word, to bless your enemy, maybe put a name to that. And I'd like for us to, in this moment, we're just going to close our eyes. And um, when I went through one of the hardest moments of my life, I'll never forget um, this marriage counselor ending all of our marriage sessions with asking me to pray for the things that I needed out loud. And it was so difficult to do because it meant that I had to own it. So what I'm gonna ask all of us to do here is as the piano is just playing in the background, for you to just take a couple of seconds and pray a prayer of blessing over that name, 
over that hurt, over that past wound, or even that present wound. So we're going to bow our heads and do that here. you may be here today and you may not think that, you know, just a a moment like this is, is going to just fix it all. And, you know, I'm here to tell you that quite frankly, the reality is just because we say a a prayer or we do something, God isn't a, a, a vending machine where we drop in 50 cents, press B12 and the Doritos come spitting out. You know, it's, it's not a, a, a formula in that sense. But what I do want to emphasize today is that as we, even as we prayed for these last couple of minutes, we have the ability to begin to release forgiveness even in our hearts. And it might even just begin the very process of beginning to see God's blessing beyond measure in our lives, even with something as simple as a a quick two-minute prayer. So with that, I'd like to invite you to respond in a couple of ways. If you're here today and you're saying, this is great and, 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 and that's, that's all great and all, but honestly, I, I haven't even experienced that in, in my life. I haven't even experienced what it is to be forgiven in my life. And you're saying, I need to start with a decision to ask God to forgive me and to accept the fact that he has already forgiven me. If you're here today and you're in that boat and you haven't experienced God's forgiveness, I'm here to tell you that you already belong before you even began to behave. That God was already willing to forgive you even before you made those mistakes. And so today you have the opportunity to simply accept what's already been gifted, and that is God's forgiveness for your life. If you're in that boat today and you're saying, I want to accept God's forgiveness in my life, I'd like to just simply ask that you raise your hand and I'm not going to embarrass you. I'd just like to be able to pray for you. The second person that I'd like to have an opportunity to pray for is if you're here today and you say, yes, I agree with perhaps loving my enemy or I agree with the concept of of blessing somebody that's hurt me, but there's something in my life that is stopping me from doing that. And if you're that person, I'd like for you to raise your hand and allow me to pray for you. Now I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing a couple songs or a song, I'm sorry, we're gonna sing a song and then I'm gonna allow uh, the, the prayer teams to come up but as I'm praying, if, if the prayer teams that are here, if you could just begin to be ready to come up to this corner and this corner so that we can have that time of response. Father, I pray for, for the person that's raised their hand that says, God, I, I, just, I need to start by simply accepting 
your forgiveness that's already there for me. God, I pray that as we have confessed the, our very inability to not only forgive ourselves, but also to fix ourselves, I pray that this moment, Jesus, you would meet us and you would offer that forgiveness and that we would be able to not only accept it, but respond to that very forgiveness. God, I pray for that person that raised their hand today that says, I agree with this, but there's something that is stopping me. I pray that you would meet that person where they're at. You would reach into the depths of their soul, into those places that only you can access, Jesus. That we would open up ourselves to you and experience the very reality of Jesus coming and intervening in our lives in these very areas whether it's forgiveness, whether we've withheld love or mercy or grace, I pray, God, that we would be able to take that step of faith today in trusting Jesus that you are there and that you're willing to meet us where we're at in that place. God, and so if there's past pains or hurt, that we would be able to bring them to you and see that you can bring healing to them. God, if there's those things that are holding us back because they're strongholds or they've become those things that hold us back, I pray that those would be released as we come to your feet, Jesus. No matter where we come from, no matter what we've done, no matter what our past is, that you would meet us right here where we're at in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we begin to wrap up today, I'm gonna to ask you to stand to your feet. And we've got two different ways that you can respond today. Lori's gonna to sing a song. And if you're in any of the camps of response here today, you, you are more than welcome to stand to your feet and sing along and allow even the lyrics of this song to penetrate your heart and become more than just lyrics on a screen or more than just words to a melody, become a declaration of your heart. And second, if you're here today and you say, I, would, I, I not only would like, but I would, I would be in need of somebody to pray with me. I'm going to ask that our prayer teams would come here to this corner here on the left-hand side of the stage and this right-hand side. And if you can go ahead and do that if you're on the prayer team. Um, and we're going to ask that if you need somebody to pray with you, that you'd step out of your seat and you would meet one of our prayer team members while we're singing this song. And that you would just simply take a step of faith in trusting Jesus that he would meet you where you're at this morning. So we're going to sing. We'll allow this time to take place. And then we'll be, I'll be back up in a few minutes here to close us out. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the blind say
I'm going to ask you to lift your hands up to the sky, and we're just going to sing this chorus one more time. I'm just going to ask that if you've never raised your hands before, that you take a step of faith. And what this means, when we raise our hands, we're saying, Jesus, we are releasing and surrendering, whether it's our will or our past or our worries, and we're giving them to you. And just as a sign of just your physical body, would you lift your hands with me and sing, Jesus, come and save us as we sing Hosanna. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because not only did you come to earth to save us, but you still meet us even today in our life circumstances, even where we're at, no matter where we're at, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, we're grateful because you are here and you're willing and able to meet us, God. Lord, we seal your work in our lives today. We thank you because you not only meet us, God, but you respond when we cry out to you. So Jesus, I pray that you bless every person that is in this room today on their journey of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. We will see you all back here next week and have a happy Thanksgiving.